Hi everyone! Welcome to Zoomies, your doggy podcast. I'm Adriana Milne, your local dog trainer from Pet Pals Dog Training. And thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio Karen. How has your week been? Yeah? My has been really great. I've been trying to teach my husband to get more involved into the handling of my dog. And um, so it's been a bit challenging, but we are getting there eventually. So it'd be lovely if he helps me along the way, uh, walking more my little Kelly in the next few weeks. So looking forward to it. It's a bit tricky teaching your own husband, you know, how to do <laughs> a bit of dog training when someone hasn't been uh, that particularly uh, experienced before. But bit by bit. Okay, a lot of patience there. Our doggy chat today, I would love to talk to you about multi-dog households. So we're going to have two parts on this topic because there's quite a bit of length and two sections in it. So getting two puppies at the same time, has it ever happened to you? Have you ever gone to visit a breeder and then you fell in love with one puppy, but you end up going back home with two puppies instead of one as you have initially fought and had planned for. <laughs> well, it may represent few challenges for the owner, but I have to say, personally, I wouldn't recommend this. Uh, the reason I wouldn't recommend someone to get two puppies from the same litter, and well, if you're a very inexperienced person, I find that it would be much better to get initially one puppy first, train it really, really well, including socializing to other dogs and to people. And once you, the owner, have learned some very good dog training basics, put your puppy through puppy school and ideally continued your dog education journey after that. And if you still feel that you may wish to have another puppy, and obviously if you have budgeted for it and you can afford it, and research very well for a dog breeder very carefully, then maybe get another one. But plan for it first. Get it right for with the first dog because there's so much involved and you're going to realize that actually it's quite a bit of work to have a puppy. Even if a very experienced person, it is still quite a lot of work and it needs quite a bit of commitment, not only from yourself, but through all the family members involved in the household, Okay. We wanted the consistency and the nice routines established. And actually, even though sometimes the person might get the puppy because one family member really wants it, affects everybody who lives in the house. So, for the owner who actually do have a puppy and another dog at home, so you bring a puppy to a household that has a previously existing dog living there. So some things that I wanted to mention to you and a bit of uh, poor for thought <laughs> would be that the owners sometimes do not socialize the puppy with other dogs um, initially as they should because since they feel that the new puppy is getting along with quite well with the household dog, that's a socialization enough when in fact, no. Your puppy still needs to meet other dogs. You really need to put this puppy in puppy school so the puppy or the point is sometimes it's never taking out alone into the world to have experiences once you have another dog because the other dog comes alone the puppy comes alone 
especially with other dogs, your puppy really will need to be introduced carefully. And it will need these types of experiences to face alone in life to build its confidence levels. Because if you only comes out with another dog, is uh, not going to build its confidence levels. On the point is when you're teaching a new puppy to walk nicely on leash, this is all new. They're going to see things for the first time. They're going to be stopping, sniffing. There's the world like a smorgasbord out there. There's so many noises, things to look at, and sounds. And uh, when you need to teach loosely skills, you really want individual time, one-on-one. And then if you're not a dog come along, it gets too excited and it can't focus. At that young age, they've got very short attention span and you really want to guide the right way. So you start very short sessions and after the vaccinations, obviously, and you need to guide along. So... And, and that's it. You want that the other dog that stays behind is relaxed, so you need to monitor for any stress levels and vice versa, you know, because that your puppy can very quickly get very clingy to the existing dog at home and they want to be left alone. So there is a transition period and it's all uh, a matter of since the beginning have a small period of time that your puppy gets confident and there's someone else staying, and if you want to walk uh, a bit brisker walk with your other dog, they can be a very active dog and can go for much longer. So try to set the environment in a way that everybody's relaxed, there's things to do, uh, environment enrichment toys for the puppy. And it will get a stage, not going to take that long, that the two dogs can get walked together. But when you want to be quality tuition, quality instruction, and teach your puppy from start how to walk on the leash, ideally you really want individual time. Okay, so the point is that some puppy owners, they already have an existing dog at home, may think that they don't need to take a puppy to puppy school simply because your puppy's got another companion already at home so it, and someone to play with. So it doesn't need them to be playing with uh, the puppy school, you know, pups. But in fact, they do need. They do need because they need to experience the world, to start being introduced to other people, a great chance to have a positive association with the future vet clinic they will be coming to, you know, for husbandry procedures, to visit their local vet, to be the future vet. They look after them, uh, say hello to the vet nurses. They learn to start being put on the scales. We ask and teach them the stand. Uh, for the scales and for examination. So this is how a build up a boost of confidence for the puppy. You know, going to be familiar the the different owners, the sounds. So they're going to do the interaction, the puppy play. So it's really important that you still bring your young puppy to the puppy school, even though you've got another dog at home. That will be companionship for him or her. Sometimes the owners are buying a puppy for the other household dog. And at times, the resident dog has little or no interest in living with a very excitable puppy, especially in the case of older dogs, who may need a lot more space for calm and snoozy times. Uh, if he's a younger dog, uh, the tendency is, uh, if it is sociable, of course, get along with your puppy. But if it's an older dog, be aware that this other dog is going to need more space. It's going to be okay, probably. Some of them will be happy to have a puppy coming, but they're still going to want their space. You know, not a puppy jumping at the face all the time, nonstop. That can become annoying. So you might need to have two separate areas. So a communal area when you're present, to you know, you're guiding the interaction of the two dogs, the puppy and the existing older dog. 
but when is unsupervised, so you've got a bit of privacy for the older dog, a bit of space for it to relax alone in your puppy in an area puppy proof where it can have toys and things to entertain themselves. As you get older and learns more how to politely greet and meet meet and greet other dogs and the things are going well, we keep monitoring, supervising. You can always put a camera so you can actually if you are at work you can see what's going on. Uh, and then it will come a stage they can live together, you know, without a, a barrier. So this is uh, some of the topic that ideas and some points that I wanted to mention to you when you have um, the thought of having puppies, the same with the litter, or a puppy and another dog at home. In regards, if you decide to actually get two puppies at the same time, being from the same litter or not, I would highly suggest if you're going to enroll in, in puppy school, just enroll in different classes. And that might represent challenge for some people because you might be short of time, you're lucky to get one evening available or one time on a weekend available to bring the puppy to a school uh, to do the right thing and then to still have uh, to come another day. But it's because they are going to cling too much in each other and you want them to start exploring the world and not just to be into each other all the time. You want them actually... Because if you even if you put in a separate section on the distribution of the puppy school, on the floor space, you don't want one crying, try to reach the other. So bit by bit, you want them to browse the world and experience and to have experiences alone as well, not just when the other one is present, okay? So that was my point on that part there for you. Now, I've got another part about mochi dog households that is living peacefully, with a mochi dog household. Some of this that I wanted to say is um, how to guide your dog's interactions once you've got two dogs. So your dogs will look to you and the handler, you the handler, for guidance, okay? So even us, dog trainers, if we got a second dog, we still want to be there to guide the dog's interactions. <coughs> we have management and prevention in place. There will be times that you will need to prevent and to interrupt behaviors, to stop problems. Other times you need to interrupt and prevent antisocial and undesirable behaviors. I will go for a short break and I'll meet you shortly. G'day everyone, I'm AC from Friday Night Frothies, also very involved in the sporting club. We're here today at the grand opening. Any opportunity I get, I'll be listening to Radio Karen. Hi everyone, you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana from Pet Pals Dog Training. And here we are again. Continue our section on management and prevention when you've got a mochi dog household. So there are times that you're going to need, as I mentioned, to interrupt and prevent antisocial and undesirable behaviors, such as bullying, rough play. Do, if the play starts getting too rough, ideally, I'll ask you please to start settling, calming and stopping, calming things down and settling, interrupting playing, but settling things down in a nice way. So that arousal don't 
escalates too much. And sometimes they can start just play mouthing each other a bit too much full on. And, and you want them to learn to even play polite, gently, you know, not giving a, a hard time to the other. And other times they might need to interrupt behaviors, uh, like such as guarding, you know, if there are any toys involved and if you're doing some fetch and you notice that one of the dogs start guarding that toy from the other and you don't want to things escalate as well. So you might need to use the strategy of interruption or if one is very much toy focused and obsessed, you might not be a great idea to have then a toy or that ball present uh, when the presence of the other dog is there, when the other dog is playing as well. Okay, it just depends on the temperament of the dogs. Each one is different. So, and then you want to reinforce the dogs for making the right choices, okay? That is something that you, as you have more experience, you're starting to and get training from a professional trainer. You're going to start understanding dog body languages and you're going to give opportunity for dogs to make the right choice and reward that because we are positive reinforcement dog trainers. Some of the tips that I'll give to you are help your dogs out when they need you, Okay. Learn to read your dog's body language, as I said to you, and monitor stress levels. Because sometimes the younger dog can be having a great time, he wants interaction, interaction, interaction with the other dog, but the existing dog is, might still need some time of adjustment to this new uh, guest at home that will be a permanent you know, visitor that then becomes the permanent resident, but he still needs adjustment time. This is how new for them to absorb as well. And so any stress levels, please, we are trying to read them before it gets to that and interrupt and calm things down. But sometimes it can quick turn and you need to just let settle down, everything relax, give an alternative behavior for the other dog to do and reward when it does and calm things down and give a break from this play that they may be engaged to. Okay, so the magic formula that I would say is teach guide your dog's interactions and teach alternative behaviors when necessary. Reinforce desired behaviors, interrupt undesirable behaviors and prevent them from the dog, your dogs doing mistakes. Prevent the dogs from doing constant mistakes, repeating, because the more they repeat mistakes, it becomes part of their repertoire or behavior and then they defer, default to that and something that you do not want to happen. Okay, so how would you interrupt a behavior? You could use a recall, for example, and reward the dog for coming back to you. Teach leave it. Ask for an alternative behavior, like I said. You could teach a touch target. Go outside, go inside, or separate them in a neutral manner. You don't want to be cranky with them. You can just separate have you ever seen on a dog park, for example, when a group of dogs is playing and um, when um, and there's a more experienced dog present? Sometimes usually you've got like two youngsters, junior playing, and then when the things get a bit, a uh, little bit escalated, a bit too much, and one might not, maybe could be giving a bit of a hard time to the other dog and you know, one youngster is just still learning how to interact and the more experienced dog comes and like split split these two dogs before anything escalates and get out of hand. So the experienced dogs are very, very, they're like schoolmasters, very experienced in splitting, 
okay? So diffusing a potential situation. And you, as a um, dog handler, your owner, you can uh, use a little bit of the split once you get the experience and start really reading how they play. So teach the dogs how you want them to interact instead with each other during mealtimes, while playing, how are they going to be the sleeping arrangements? Show them how would you like them to sleep, okay? Uh, I prefer when you got two or three dogs that each one has its own bed. It gives them plenty of space to stretch. If you got another dog, it might be a bit sore, the joints, and don't want like another dog right on top of it, you know, jumping in its space really to spread out. Pretty cool, okay? I very found how you're going to do is up to your individual situation at home but can be two free beds side by side or can be in different little areas fine as long as everybody is relaxed there's no stress involved but just show them how would you like teach them the mat training bed training or place and massage them so they start becoming on that surface for longer longer and longer okay how would you like your dogs to interact during walks with each other when it comes to a stage that they start walking together and when they meet other dogs out there. Guide their interactions once again. You don't want dogs jumping at another dog face when he's on the leash passing you by on the street. You want polite manners, polite meets and greets. If a dog jump at each other's face, uh, one day the lead can get tangled, you cannot quick release. And here could be a situation of a dog that doesn't like to be approached like that, could have a go at your dog. And, you know, it could get even beaten. You don't want ever something like that to happen. You just say hello. Like when I come with my dog and as another dog, I ask permission for the owner. If my cocker spaniel could say hello to the other dog. If she said no, I just move away, do a little curving and just keep going to my street path further up. Get her focus on me instead of the other dog. But if it's okay to say hello, I just get her to sit to look at me. Okay, say hello now. Short, sweet, and just keep moving. I don't want them to learn to play on the lead. Definitely not. Polite meets and greets. Okay, hello. Great. Reward the behavior that you, that you want to encourage. Okay, bye. See you and continue. Okay? When your dog gets overexcited, you need to guide them. can be situations when they start excessive barking or running too much, you know, get over aroused. And um, I always like to encourage during play that they play and settle, play and settle, even to prevent future injuries as well. When training, you need to guide them when you train them. Uh, getting attention on being petted by you. This is a big one because many, don't forget, if you had a only dog at home, that dog had 100% of your attention, your cuddles, you know, your, your love. And now there's a newcomer. And then the dog's going to learn to share your attention, yourself and your family, a cuddle and all that with another dog. I'm very keen and I quite found on the idea that having uh, the dog to sit and stay, the more experienced dog sit and stay. And then you can ask, uh, then short, a little cuddle, nice and soft touch, not to arouse this young pup. If you've got a young pup, the new dog in the house, you cuddle a little bit, and then you reward the other dog for sitting and staying in position. If you had a second person, it would be the ideal situation. One concentrates putting the, um, 
the existing dog on a sit and stay and focusing on that one and the other person calmly cuddles this young dog. So the older dog gets rewarded for staying in place and allowing you to interact with this newcomer dog and your young dog just gets used to have the presence of the existing dog at home or the buddy friend and uh, and then reward but nice and calm and reward staying on the mat and being massaged there and then you just rotate and trying obviously to teach a bit by bit because the younger dog would be a totally different level of learning trying to teach the young dog to be on a sit and stay and then your family member focus on the puppy while you focus on the older dog settling on the mat and massaging okay and this is good to start from the beginning because otherwise the tendency is that the two dogs on top of you crowding you and want cuddle at the same time and a lot of people think this is great this is fun but you don't want them to learn to snap at each other because one wants more attention than the other so i think this is a great way to learn to manage the situation that both will have their levels of attention their love but you take turns okay is a safer uh, environment like that for the dogs involved. And uh, other way to, to teach and uh, how do you train and guide your dog is when you do the swap. When you do swap games, you always use positive reinforcement. Every time you are teaching your dog how to do a new behavior, only positive reinforcement, guys. So now we're going to go for another short break and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Hello, my name is Océane. I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio Carom. Hi everyone. You're listening to Zoomies on Radio Carom and I am Adriana Mion. So, I the dog training tips today. I wanted to talk to you about playing tug of war games with your young puppy. Okay? Or if you're starting from scratch teaching a new dog how to play tug-of-war games. Um, dogs love tug-of-war games. Not all, but most that I know love it. But I do like to establish little rules, you know, teach them how to do it. And I find it very important is not to over-arouse them uh, with the, the tug-of-war games. I would foolproof sit, teach my dog really how to sit and wait for my next cue. So then I present the tug toy and say tug. So then the dog go with the mouth and tug, 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 tug and get all excited, excited. Then spend a few minutes playing tug of war. But I don't want to let this arousal to escalate so, so much that they start getting... A, a playground is fine, but when they get really like... They get to a point that they start getting too possessive of the toy. I don't want even to get to that stage. And I'm going to then try to get and offer a high-value food for the dog uh, and say the word give. But what I do is, once the dog removes the, from the mouth from the tug-of-war toy uh, and backs away from this toy, then I'll give that reward food with the other hand. So one hand picks the toy, and then the other is giving the reward food for the dog because it understood give. So I don't want that the hand that holds the tug toy is the hand that gives the reward toy when you 
throw your food when you say give, okay? So you rev up, then I start saying give. So when the mouth of the dog backs away from the toy, then I'll give the reward, the food, and the other hand removes the toy and put out of sight for a little while. And the reason I say out of sight is if you have the toy in front here, some dogs are likely to get so excited by the visual stimuli in front of them, they could just jump on you, okay? And I don't want dogs to practice jump and demanding uh, this toy put black into play. No, I want them to calm down and then I restart the game. So how do I restart? I just ask for another seat and then restart the same way that I mentioned before. So I want to teach the dog how to play safely, okay? And I want you to start the play and you to finish the game of Tug of of War. Because um, when you have finished playing the game, I want you to give your dog a release command. For example, finished. And I like using a hand signal. Can be my hands like parallel, uh, you know, on a horizontal, both one goes to the right, one to the left, like finish with a hand signal cue, a visual cue, and then that's it. That's remove the toy, that's, that's, that's the end of this toy game for a while or for the day. So basically I find this really important because what I'm noticing a lot of private consultations that I used to go is that the toys come on the, on the site and then the dogs get so aroused, so aroused, and they start escalating the arousal so much and the mouthing start coming higher and higher, closer to the um, owner's hand, and some can e- persons can even get bitten by the dog. You know, some dog breeds have powerful jaws out there, and you want to be safe for all involved. So even the same principle applies um, if you've got children... You have to be careful because you really don't want children, I wouldn't recommend below 10 playing tug-of-war games. Some dogs get really mouthy, like uh, just because of the excitement. They keep coming, that was the toy, that was the toy. And you know how a child's hand is tiny and it could really get bitten. Um, sometimes the dog, no, no. The dog just thinks like it goes for the toy, but the little kid's hand is there. So... You want to supervise, and I want you, the adult, to be there present. You know never to leave children unsupervised with dogs. But there is ways to play this. And uh, I know that our dogs need to play tug-of-war, but if you're going to play, that's the way that I would say for you, please, to do it. Okay? Um, I wanted to talk today about the dog profile breed. And the one i chosen to talk to you is the Bull Mastiff. So in regards to Bull Mastiff, the temperament is a devoted, alert, and with a good-natured dog. It tends to be a little bit strong-willed. It is docile unless provoked. They crave human attention. They should ideally be obedience-trained, uh, ideally put on a dog school, socialize early, puppy school, and then dog school after for safety and should not be taught to pull on the leash. So teach them loose leash walking early because they've got strong, powerful bodies, powerful necks and shoulders, okay? So uh, you don't want them to get to learn to pull and get where they want like that. Very important, start early, teach them early and loose lead and reward close to the leg. Be sure to socialize him with both people and other dogs at an early age. They are very sensitive to the tone of your voice. And this breed tends to draw and slobber a bit. <laughs> so the bull mastiff does require a handler who can lead them the right way. Okay? So they will follow your lead. And that goes for the walk as well. You lead the way and teach them how you like them to walk nicely beside you. 
In regards to the health problems, they are prone to cancer and hip dysplasia, tendency to bloat, so better to feed them two or three small meals. Don't overfeed him, as he tends to put on weight. In regards to living conditions, the bull mastiff requires moderate exercise. He cannot tolerate extremes of temperature. The exercise, it does, uh, does very well with daily moderate walks. Obviously, our dogs should be walked daily. <laughs> uh, you wish this happens, but yes, please. And even if you get bad weather, lucky we are starting to have a bit of a touch of spring out there. You can see the birds getting a little bit frisky already. I reckon spring is going to come early this year. Uh, it's just in the air. You can see some of the, the flower buds starting to, <laughs> they're really trying to, to come out. So even if you get like a bad weather for a couple of days, you still try to do some environment enrichment and playing some games and even teach some basic loose leash walking. Like on your entrance hall, a corridor, pretend it's the street, still teach them, you know, like it's mental, it's stimulate your dog. So there's things to do. The grooming is easy to groom, sheds little hair, check the feet regularly and trim nails. So I don't know if I talk about the life expectancy under 10 years of age. The origin of the mo Mastiff uh, has been across 60% Mastiffs and 40% of Bulldogs in England. The Mastiff Bulldog types can be found in records as early as 1795. And the Bull Mastiff belongs to the Utility Dog Group. Okay, so um, we are going to go for another short break and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Hi everyone, you are listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana Milne. So we've reached the end of our show today and thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, we are going to have a break for about two months uh, and I'll have a few things lined up when I come back. We are going to have the guest interviews, but uh, there was a lot that was going on over the last couple of weeks for me. And uh, I'll have some big surprises coming up on my return. It's going to be on the first Friday in October. So I really wish you have an incredible beginning of spring with your dogs. It's going to be a much more pleasure weather to be out there with them. We have some bit wet period just quite recently and uh, we are going to you know wrap up for today and any ideas very welcome to email us on info at pet-pals.net.au 
okay, or the email on Radio Karen. I very happy to have done within about 16, 17 podcasts so far. And we will have quite other approaches and things to talk about when on our return. And some people that we already contacted to be here. Uh, and, you know, so we can get interviews sometimes more than one person present. So thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure to be with you during this journey. And I'm really enjoying it very much. So have fun with your dogs out there this weekend. And ciao.